If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben. with me today is Dave. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I have the uh, the equivalent to your train tracks that are running up and down upstairs right now because my, my baby is crying. Um, so Okay. So you're saying your baby... So you have the train the tracks, train. which I okay. just jump in. Okay. Just make it... Uh, up, up. train tracks, mm-hmm. the train that run along the tracks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have tracks too. And then I have, I have the baby that uh, will occasionally just make noises where I have to mute myself but you threw to me literally right as the crying started so yeah it's in the show now we're live so it is we are live um there's no going back the people who have seen it have seen it we could delete it but it will never die yeah. i'm good though i'm uh i'm I'm happy to be back at home base uh i laughed because somebody in the discord <laughs> called it the piss filter <laughs> where i was last week so, so yeah, that's gone yeah um it was a little yellow yeah, it's a it really little, was. can't control it but uh you know here we are such as like is that the, is that the you think that's the lights is that the lights that does that <laughs> well okay so that's part of it or is it the wall color the wall color too but yeah there was it was it was a combination of 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 pitch piss light yeah just not not the best place but i was happy to be able to join you guys last week yeah yeah that was good and i'm glad this week you didn't have to deal with any locked doors or anything yeah you had to get a, a locksmith for brandon tuesday the most glorious ginger. Have you had any experience with, uh, uh with not recently, lately not yourself, recently. And I don't intend to, um, the only thing that's going to be locked is Good. when I'm inside. Yeah. So, okay, that's fair. Uh, so it kind of threw me off because before the show, uh, like right before we did the intro thing, uh, Brandon, you were on top and then we came back was, and Dave was, was on top. I think that what? was actually my fault. Oh, Oh, okay. All right. All right. On the top of the screen. Yeah, Brandon's normally like, a bottom. I, from I'm a I power bottom. Yeah, I have um, heard that. Um, <laughs> just as much not. power as possible from the bottom. You can't even comprehend the power that I'm pushing from the bottom, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. His clenching yeah, skills bro. are unmatched. I've been practicing my male kegels screen, I mean. all day for this show. <laughs> Brandon, um, today in our, in our area was, uh, was voting day. Um, I did. I got. I, I got my you, little sticker. You went to vote? It was. I actually wasn't sure if I was going to be able to right. because the last one I voted in. Apparently, a lot more people vote for certain elections than others, and I found that out this time <laughs> because yeah. mm-hmm. I was expecting there to be a line, and literally oh, yeah. there was like triple the amount of workers than there was people. I literally walked in and was like, "Am I in the right fucking spot?" <laughs> Filled out my shit, got the sticker on my way. It couldn't have been more than five minutes, honestly. Nice. Yeah. Now, Dave, I don't know if in Communist Canada you guys are able to vote or not, um, but if so, it's not today, right? No, we we voted for Supreme Leader Trudeau uh, mm-hmm. two or three years ago, so we'll vote for okay. him again in Grand- uh, another two years, I guess. But oh, I was thinking it was like a decade long tenure or something. When I was in uh, university, I had this weird infatuation with funny graphic T-shirts, and there was this website that I got a couple of them from. I can't remember what it was called, but I had one. That had just like a picture of Jesus and it said BRB and I wore it once and somebody looked at me and they were like, oh, you, you go to church. That's great. Like they didn't know what the BRB meant. So I started wearing that. But anyways, there was another one that had Joseph Stalin on it and he just had an I voted pin on his shirt. That's awesome, dude. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, today we're going to talk about some video games. By the way, this is uh, it's nice because no one asked me. Like, I used to be involved in politics, as a lot of people know, but 
uh, nobody asked me this time, like, hey, can you go hand out flyers for me? Or, I think that's just by virtue of the fact that I don't have any more friends um, that are in that, in, you know, in that thing, the, 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 the machine, as it were. So this year, I just didn't even have to like, matter of fact, the place where we vote is right across the street from my house, like literally across the street from my house. And I look, looked over there to make sure there was nobody like nobody handed out flyers and stuff right outside the door. Cause I was like, right. I got to go when there's nobody over there. Cause I just don't even want to talk to anybody. I don't want to have the opportunity That's probably a net positive, to be bothered though, by someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Nobody asked me like, hey, I know it's you know, actually this year was kind of nice, but like it's 30 degrees. Could you go stand outside for seven hours and hang out? I know that's important and I'm very grateful for the people who did it for me in the past. And I've done it for other people in the past and stuff like that. But uh, never again, if I can help it, you know, never again. Let's do it, man. Guys, let's talk about some video games, I guess. Well, actually, let's first talk about <laughs> Patreon. You can go support us if you want to over on patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Gotcha. Thank you. You got to pay us to get more. No. Uh, patreon.com slash chance of phantom you can support us for as little as a dollar a month if you would like and if you are not able to do that or you just don't want to do that but you want to hang out with us still you can do that here of course on youtube live 7 p.m on tuesday nights eastern of course the show goes up for everybody else that's not here live on thursday mornings but if you want to hang out with us in discord you can go over to handsomephantom.com slash discord we appreciate everybody who hangs out there with us and um tells Davey has a piss filter apparently <laughs> let's start off talking about Fortnite OG uh, this thing popped off real big in the last week and I'm uh, I'm interested to talk about it and get you guys perspectives Epic Games launched Fortnite OG also known as Chapter 5 Season 1 on November 3rd since then Fortnite has reached an all time high in terms of player count Epic announced on Twitter that a staggering 44.7 million players logged in on one single day, accumulating a total of 102 million hours of gameplay. This exceptional player count sets a new record and solidifies Fortnite's solidifies Fortnite's continued popularity. The game's widespread reach makes it a challenging for any other multiplayer titles to ever match, especially Call of Duty. We'll get into Call of Duty a little bit later. But boys, I wanted to get your initial impressions Either of you hop in. Dave, I don't think you've ever been a Fortnite boy, but I know Brandon, oh, yeah. you know, you get tempted every now and yeah, then. Yeah, no, I um, Start off with I was very Brandon. tempted. And after seeing this number, I mean, this is almost like the population of Spain. Um, so this is like an insane amount of people, just like truly gargantuan amount of people for a single day's worth of players. Um, I just Googled well, it because I was curious. So I was like, this has great. to be pretty close to like the numbers <laughs> of some countries. Um, but uh, no, I've, I've been very tempted to hop in. Um, but yeah, I just haven't yet. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm prob- probably because the boys haven't got together and, and hopped in yet. I feel like playing solos just isn't quite the same. And I think that if I would have had someone to play with, I probably would have already mm. been in, locked into the OG, dropping tilted towers and dying and 0.5 seconds from touching the ground over and over again but um mm-hmm. yeah not quite yet but this is truly just astronomical numbers um and this is i don't know if you're gonna talk about it but it's but it's coming off the back of having some of the craziest numbers i've ever seen and hearing some stuff about the epic store not that it goes exactly hand in hand but um it's kind of interesting to to think about that they're having such a a milestone maybe one of the highest milestones that's ever been achieved by a video game in one day um but yeah i've not dropped in yet Mm. but i think i will i think i will before it's over before we pitch it to dave just real quick can you help me it's just it's the original map and yep. all the original guns and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so and mechanics, it's, right? it's season okay. one map, I think. It's right, but it's still like in Unreal Five. Correct. And you can still yeah, play so as, like, everything is updated. There's okay. mantling. There's sliding. So it's the normal Fortnite experience, just all in the new map with all of the old guns. So it's kind of like a cool throwback. Gotcha. And okay. honestly, that's back when we were playing the game quite a bit. So I feel like it would be kind of uh, cool to kind of just hear the sounds again. Um, but you yeah, haven't jumped in yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The sounds of our youth. <laughs> Dave, um, Fortnite, are you going to get your victory royale this weekend? I was tempted. So my like Monday to Friday, nine to five streamer that I normally watch, uh, his name is Leopard. He's a destiny streamer, but he's been playing it since Thursday. And uh, just watching it makes me want to 
jump in and I'm I've played Fortnite a couple times but what I love about this is just kind of like the big brain strategy here so I'm assuming Epic was looking at the release calendar calendar and being like we need to release a new season sometime in like September to November and it's like oh there's going to be so many other good things coming out around that time it's going to be so hard to compete and get people to kind of jump back or want to jump back into Fortnite and they come up with this well what will cost the least amount of money is just reusing stuff we've already have. Like this was like a no development kind of thing. So I like how they went this route and just kind of appealed to nostalgia. And I, I suspect they weren't, you know, kind of forecasting that it was going to be this, this much of a success, but here we are. (laughs) We're, we're a couple days away from uh, multiplayer of COD dropping and, you know, everybody's playing Fortnite and everybody's talking about Fortnite. So it's really blew up for them. So it's, it's really cool. Um, And yeah, if you guys jump in, I would, I would love to to join you as a a resident greenhorn. Where are we dropping uh, boys? And this is also really interesting. I bet you any money call duty is looking at this and saying we haven't had numbers like this in one day ever i don't think they have i really don't like mm-hmm. this seems like just truly insane and they're thinking about for dance i bet you any money i bet you it's already in the works they're like wait we just recycled there's the entire a difference, game. There's a huge huge difference is uh, the price tag of free is so much more consumable well, than the price tag of 70 dollars and even if it was $70 yeah. and you made it abundantly clear that this was lesser of an experience and not kind of like, uh, I don't know, lied <laughs> almost in some ways or tried to be deceptive about it, this, uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I bet you any money after this news, we are going to see Verdansk back quickly. And Verdansk is in the Call of Duty campaign. I mean, it's all over the campaign. It's most of the campaign. Um, I don't know if we're going to get into it in the show, but literally it's... <laughs> Well, let's do it now. So, so, yeah, I don't really have this in the show. Like, there was no news <laughs> other than the game sucks, which I could have called. But uh, let, just here in, in the Fortnite discussion, sure. let's also talk about Call of Duty and what they're doing so yeah, differently. I just think there's a huge Fortnite's difference. Um, as I said, with, like, the price tag and the... Um, just the the transparency i mean it's just like og like it's it's marketed to be an original thing not some sort of new thing um and i feel like call of duty is doing the opposite it's not marketing itself as a uh an add-on to the next game it's marketing itself as the third iteration of a uh you know a series that's been running for years now um and yeah the call of duty campaign is coming out to almost unanimous uh how how would I say this? What's the opposite of praise? Negativity. Unanimous uh, ass shit talk. Yeah. Um, it's coming out to unanimous booty cheeks. Um, <laughs> one of the lowest scores of a modern Call of Duty, maybe the lowest score of any Call of Duty ever uh, by IGN. Which not that I put too much weight into what they say, but it it is noteworthy because they're one of the biggest biggest you know entities in America as far as video games go. Um, and yeah, it's it's short. Um, it's lackluster and not full of content. Most of the game is, like I said, points of interest in Warzone that they just put some more characters in. Um, and oh, oh, and I keep forgetting to mention this in the campaign, there's no new weapons that I've seen. I'm pretty sure all of the multiplayer weapons. Hmm. So, yeah. so it literally beat for beat for beat. And we talked about it last week, how, even even the consoles rec- recognize it as the the last game, but the campaign itself doesn't have any of the new weapons. Like it's not even being masked well, you know. Um, and it's just it's such a slap in the face. And I'm so grateful that I took this challenge this year. Um, I I think I would have not been uh, persuaded either way. But yeah, this is this is a new low that I I actually didn't think they were ballsy enough to try and pull something off like this. And they absolutely are. They absolutely are. Dave, I feel like when you go from, you know, we never got an official confirmation, but we had some pretty good sources telling us like, hey, there's not going to be another Call of Duty next year. They're taking a year off. When you go from that to at some point during that year, we are going to put out another Call of Duty game. I feel like the only thing you can do is just slap it together from assets you already have and then put it in last year's wrapper and mess up the trophies. Like, it just seems logical to me. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. This time last year, we were talking about how, you know, Call of Duty was doing the right thing by taking a year off and 
we assume there was going to be some sort of new content that was going to come out in, you know, now. And I, I suspect the plan was to release maybe some sort of small campaign and some new maps around this time for modern warfare two. But then somebody at Activision said a very Activision thing and said, why don't we just charge full price for this? Everyone, people will buy it. And they're right. I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're talking about the campaign, which is the least important part of any call of duty package. Um, and the maps are all recycled and the guns are going to be recycled for a long time, but people are going to pay full price. And the problem is, is Activision knows it. So, uh, like what, why are we charging 40 or $50 for this when we can charge, you know, 70 or 80. So I don't know if I, I would never be the type of person to, to tell people to boycott something. But at, what I will say is if you were looking to take a year off, like, like I am and, and Brandon, as far as I know is, cause you'd like to focus on golf. <laughs> I, I would... Um, you know, th- this is probably a good year to do it because I think, Modern Warfare 3 is is being exposed as as you know they're trying to charge you full price for something that was not full price effort from a development standpoint. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, there's still lots of people playing Vanguard. I'm looking forward to jumping in back into that. There's still lots of people playing Modern Warfare 2. That's a good thing about Call of Duty is like if you have a past game, there's a good chance that there's people still playing it and you can jump in and find a full lobby. So yeah, I I don't like this uh at all, but I I also know that millions of people are still going to buy this game and uh you know the call of duty streamers are going to love it for six weeks like they always do and then start bitching about it in january so and what's what's also really unique about this is even a lot of people who are like um call of duty apologists i've been seeing talk poorly of it so far which has been really interesting because usually the discourse and the machine starts to kick up and everybody profits when these games do well that's how the hype machine builds you know these people make money by hyping it up and getting people on the train and getting people to watch it so understand why uh expectations get so inflated but this time unlike other years i'm seeing negative discourse prior to four months after launch and that's kind of a unique position that has not been established in the past couple Call of Duties. Usually the, the negative discourse starts happening season one, season two, you know, and so on. But we're kind of getting this uh, bad press, so to speak, instantly, um, which is definitely not normal yeah. for uh, Call of Duty. I think, you know, Brandon, that, that, sorry, I just got to sneak this in, but I think that's part of the problem too, is because there are so many call of duty content creators out there on YouTube, on Twitch. And if the game is shit, they can't just go and play another game, right? Because all of their audience leaves. So they're trapped in a point too, where they can't just dunk on the game for 12 months. Like they have to find ways to keep their audience engaged because people just won't watch them play halo or, or something like that. So I don't know. It's just kind of a vicious cycle. But if, I mean, if the sales dip and there's new leadership, then hopefully they see this and say, okay, guys, we got to put a little bit more effort in because that sales curve has got to be, you know, kind of plateauing. But yeah, it's a sad, uh, sad state for 2023 Call of Duty. So please don't buy it. You know who, uh, who isn't upset about the state of Call of Duty? Uh, <laughs> Xbox. Oh, no. And I'm not talking about just regular Xbox fans. We I'm all, an Xbox yeah, we fan. All X, yeah. We're all Xbox fans. Dude, I have an Xbox. Brandon actually isn't, but <laughs> the, the other two, <laughs> I know. But, but we like Xbox, but I have never seen a crowd of people so... Even when Redfall came out. Redfall came out, and still like most of the console warriors you see online were like, yeah, this game's shit. Sorry. Like even the Xbox tried and true were like, yeah, it's not good. But with Call of Duty, for some reason, they're like attacking people who are giving it a bad score for the campaign, which they don't even care about because it's now a Microsoft property. So therefore, the only reason you could possibly just like, I just I don't understand console warriors at all. I never have. I hope I never do. I do understand it. They're idiots. <laughs> Other than that, you, you, you got it, Ben. You hit the nail on the head there. Let's let's hit a few of these uh, these these comments in the chat here. Uh, Lockmore says, "Is this the Hi-Fi Rush hate watch?" Uh, Never, yes. No, no um, Hi-Fi Rush here. No <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush hate here. Dave loves Hi-Fi Rush, and I played I it from start fun. to finish. Just full disclosure. What else we got here? Lockmore also snarkily says, "If Fortnite keeps growing, they'll reach the 10K Halo number soon." Lock is upset. 
as I think many people are, because everybody's talking about how Halo is making this giant comeback and it's like still struggling to get Damn. past 10K on, on Steam. And I don't blame him. Uh, Derek O says, my roommate is playing Fortnite right now. He used to play every night, but hasn't touched it in like a year, but he's back. And then he says, they got him. <laughs> Ash says, well, when was the last year a new Call of Duty wasn't released? It was sometime early 2000s, it's, right? Like, it's been, yeah, it's been yearly yeah, since it's Modern Warfare, right? It's, it, oh, it's yeah, been it's been a good while. Boys, yeah. I'm saving myself $70 this year, and I'm just playing this this year because it's oh, the same go. map, so I'm just going to play this, nice. and I'm going to save myself 70 whole dollars <laughs> by playing my original Xbox 360 copy of Modern Warfare 2. Nice, dude. Well, congrats on that. Well, let's move on. We're still going to talk about Epic for a little bit. Talk about Epic versus Google. David versus Goliath, I suppose. Epic Games has initiated a legal battle with Google in a San Francisco court. The gaming company accuses Google of acting as a monopoly by imposing a 30% commission on in-app purchases through the Google Play Store. Epic Games claims that Google has strayed from its don't be evil motto, coined when the company was founded in 1998. Google, however, argues that there are numerous other methods to download apps on Android phones, asserting that it competes with asserting that it competes with Apple and denying allegations of monopolistic behavior. This case adds another antitrust challenge to Google, which is already defending itself against a similar lawsuit filed by the U.S. Justice Department in Washington. Epic Games made comparable arguments when it took Apple to court in 2021. In that case, the judge ruled that Apple be ruled against Apple being a monopoly, but permitted apps to direct users away from Apple's in-app charges. Epic argues that Google has eliminated competition. Sorry, Epic argues that Google has eliminated competition in the distribution of Android apps through contractual and technical barriers, while Google maintains that Android offers more app distribution competition than any other platform. By the way, there is really only one other platform. It's it, it's really funny to me when people are like, well, we're not a monopoly. A monopoly. There's another guy who's pretty much a monopoly. Ew, we're, the same, we're like the same. Anyway, uh, Dave, we talked a lot about, of course, Epic's fight against Apple, uh, Tim Apple specifically. And uh, now Epic is on to, to fight the big bad Google monster. <laughs> is this going to turn out any different? Is it the, isn't it the same case? Yeah, it, it kind of seems like an ongoing drama and it's it's uh, the monopolistic comments right off the bat are a bit odd because I mean, I think Google Play is hardly the, the biggest hitter when it comes to purchasing mobile apps, especially in North America, because Apple is, is dominant. So it's just an odd claim. And, and Epic sounds like they have kind of a previous bone to pick here. But I don't know, 30 percent does seem a bit excessive to me and, and a bit evil, um, especially since, you know, that app store, the Google Play Store just acts as, you know, a digital kind of intermediary. But like Steam is an example. It takes 30 percent as well. Uh, its percentages are, are scaled though. So, I mean, if you're a smaller game developer and you don't have the same volume as like Call of Duty as example, then uh, you're not going to pay 30%. You'll pay 25% or 20% or whatever it might be. So, um, I don't think that's true. I, I, I did look this up before and uh, maybe I'll need to do a little bit more sleuthing, but from what I understand it, it scales down to 25% dependent on your sales on Steam. I need to get on sure. that because it's, I it's, work it's irrelevant to this because we do not pay 25%. The point anyway, I'm trying to yeah. make is, right. is it, it, as far as I can see, it seems in line with the industry standard. And I know we're talking about in-app purchases versus full game sales, but uh, I think the point is, is it's pretty clear here that Epic has, has an agenda. They've got a bone to pick. They've got an ax to grind with, with Google. And it's also weird hearing Epic, you know, throwing these stones at Google saying, you know, you sh you're not supposed to be that evil company, but Epic isn't really a squeaky clean kind of company itself when it comes to, you know, marketing in-app purchases to young children and collecting data unknowingly and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. Th these are just two big businesses fighting and I suspect Google will come out on top, but it's uh, Epic doesn't really look like it's, it's taking the high road here. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out for sure. Brandon, do you remember a little while back when Epic like, lowered all of their amounts that people had to pay them um their royalties and everything and if you're using unreal i think you don't have to pay anything for a while. i forget the exact specifics but like was that all just granted it's still good a good thing is good no matter what your intention is in my opinion so like the developers that are benefiting from that it's still good for them but did they only do that so that they could have more 
stuff to argue against like Apple and Google. Yeah, I mean, it's probably case that they're trying to go. Yeah, for it's here. probably lip service. It um, like. But I just think it's hilarious um, and kind of awesome um, for you know the consumer, for a person like me to see these huge companies fighting and bickering. Um, I loved when Epic did it to uh, Apple, and I'm. <laughs> it's kind of funny seeing them kind of you know flex their big company muscles trying to make make things right but we all know it's self-motivating in the end so um yeah very interesting to see them try again essentially with another astronomical um company um not that epic is small by any means but um I, I don't know many companies that would be doing this at this point. So it's kind of confusing to me from a business stance because I don't think there is um, much ground for them to stand on as we kind of saw in the previous iteration of a similar trial. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a lot of epic news, a lot of strange epic news. Epic is like either very evil and kind of good at hiding it sometimes or yeah that's probably it actually yeah <laughs> so uh, very interesting and i do love google's motto i really wonder if don't be evil um is still on every wall in every bathroom <laughs> um, or something in the company so yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think right around the time they started selling all of your data to um other countries and yes. Uh, tech companies and stuff and using AI probably what is it, it like don't be less. and then like don't very tiny and like one point lettering don't be that evil like don't be very evil just be right. you know yes don't act don't actually kill people on purpose because they are a different color than you oh, that's okay. like what their actual full <laughs> model is got yeah gotcha but it was it just shortened it's it more digestible yeah so we don't be yeah yeah, they're not that evil. Well, I mean, that does fit on a shirt way better. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> merchandising. The merchandising. <laughs> you got to think about. You got to think about the merchandising. All right, let's move on. This one. Uh, this one's the one I was actually the most interested in, but it wasn't the biggest headline. Javi or Javi. I know a person with the same spelling, J A V I, who pronounces it Javi. It I'm gonna say Javi. It's. It, it looks like Javi. The person I know says Javi. Okay. I just thought it was Javi. J-A-V-I. I, I don't know if you got it wrong. I just, I looked at well, that. It just depends on where they're I looked from. at that name and that yeah. last name and I just assumed it was Javi. Javi Lopez. You know what? Let's just say. J-Dog. Lopez. J-Lo. Oh, shit. J-Lo has created a video game. Shit, dog. JLo has created a video game called Angry Pumpkins, reminiscent of the popular 2010 title Angry Birds. Using an AI, using AI powered tools like Midjourney, ChatGPT, and Dolly 3, Lopez, JLo, used ChatGPT to generate an interactive version of the game, resulting in 600 lines of code. He then refined the generated code, added particle effects and objects. Midjourney was used for creating objects, background images, and characters, while Dolly 3 powered the intro screen. The game allows players to create their own levels using on-screen instructions. This showcases how AI tools like ChatGPT and MidJourney can potentially reduce cost and save time in game development or entirely destroy the world. Uh, the thumbnail for this episode, I was, I was like writing up the show notes and I thought, wouldn't it be kind of fun just to see what happens? I'm just going to type all the topics and I only typed in like three topics. I, th I think I typed in... Actually, here's my exact prompt. Um, create a YouTube thumbnail for a podcast where they discuss Fortnite, Spider-Man, and Game Pass. It, it, it looks pretty cool. I'm Game not going to lie. Later. I, no, no, no. Oh, is no, it already on, in the Discord? It's on YouTube. It, it yeah. was on the, the YouTube page. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess you can see it in the Discord too. But and it, it, that's what it pumped out. Like just without, that was the only thing I input. And it what pumped out something, you know, not bad. It, it certainly you can if you look at it closely, you can see Dollar some General Peter in it. Parker on but, the front. <laughs> 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 it's not a Dollar <laughs> General. It's got to be at least like five below. Dollar, five below. Right? Peter Parker. Oh my god! <laughs> like, uh, no, it's five below. Like the classy cheap place, dude. When I was a kid, I used to go to to we you know we go to like to Dollar Tree, and then we go to Family Dollar, and I always thought like there's a dollar in the name. 
it Dude, should be a true. dollar. But at Family Dollar, I was dollar, seeing shit for like thirty bucks there the other day. It's not true. I, I swear to God, I was like, like what, what the fuck am I doing yeah. here? Yeah. yeah, they're selling. They're selling warranties <laughs> now. The cash register. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, guys, sure. Let's start start off with you, Brandon. We'll just keep going back and forth here. Uh, sure. Whole game, simple as it may be, and obviously using much of uh, the information from sure. a previous game, very much like it. What do you think about like? Could this be the next? Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're probably right method? there. Um, I think that we're going to see this, but um, ultimately, I don't think there is any true replacement for a human being, um, at least not yet. Um, I think that something when when we're talking about AI in general, I think it's important to remember that at least for me, I think these are great supplemental tools to make things, to make art, to have ideas, to brainstorm. But I don't think, and I hope that we don't get to a point where it is as good as a human. I mean, I still think we are kind of far off from that. Even though we've made great leaps, even in the past two or three years in what these programs can do. And obviously, I mean, making a game, that's pretty fucking cool. I don't think a year or two ago that would have even been possible. Um, But for me, I think that these things are ultimately cool, but really should serve as a tool and less of a ends to a means almost. Um, so to see an entire game was made in this sort of thing and that it could help you make different levels in a game. Yeah, sure. That's that's really cool. But I feel like there has to be more value um, in a game than just what a computer is able to make solely. Um because there really is no soul <laughs> in this sort of thing. Um, and I feel like that is probably pretty apparent. Um, although a lot of AAA games come out with a- about 0% soul in them, um, even when people do work on them. So I guess that's kind of a different problem. But uh, yeah, kind of a strange strange world we live in nowadays. But I'd be interested in at least checking it out, if nothing else. Dave, um well, first, your opinion on AI in games. And I'll ask you the follow-up. Well, it's, just, it's just like the internet. It's just the latest fad. It'll it'll be gone in a couple of months, and we'll be talking about something else. But it's... <laughs> uh, I don't know. Did I, I, I actually checked out this game on a browser, okay. um, and it is like... If, if I hadn't read the story, I would have just thought it was like uh, an Angry Birds Halloween level because it's literally angry birds. So right. um, I got to echo what Brandon said. I said that reluctantly. Okay. I don't know why I love agreeing with Brandon, but uh, that came out reluctantly, okay. but I didn't mean it to is what I'm saying. Um, I, I wouldn't be too worried about like this in gaming. I, I do think, you know, we, we look at shovelware sometimes and I think people may use AI in kind of a shitty way when it comes to that. But, you know, most people don't buy games like that. Um, so, I don't know. It's I, I really wouldn't be too worried because like I think for the gaming industry, AI will allow developers to remove some of the more tedious grunt work. I'm thinking about things like coding uh, and stuff like that. Uh, that could result in some lost positions, but at the end of the day, when it comes to creative ideation and, and direction, that still I think is going to reside with a human being. So like AIs aren't going to create the next horizon zero dawn game or something like that. Like those, those still require, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of creativity and that's still a very human thing. What, what this story made me wonder is like, what jobs are AI going to create? So, you know, if you have an AI that's suddenly doing all your coding and placing all your textures for you and, and, you know, putting together some architecture when it comes to level design or whatever it is, you know, what, new positions kind of come with that when it comes to creating a video game because somebody has to tell the AI what to do and somebody has to look at what the AI's done and review it and refine it. So that's what's more interesting to me is like a lot of people are worried about what, um, you know, sacrifices are going to come from AI or what it's going to kill, but what opportunities are going to come with it because there's always new opportunities. So it'll be interesting to see how, how, making a video game kind of changes in the next 20 years with AI. Cause I think it's a tool that should be used, but nothing to be scared of. And, uh, you know, JLo's angry pumpkins definitely isn't, uh, evidence of that. So check it out. If you like, it's, it's pretty shitty. You'll just want to play angry birds after that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because even though AI did most of the heavy lifting here, like you said, somebody saw the program and everything, there was still, uh, work that needed to be done 
to turn it into a game. So like there is, there was still, it's not like you can just entirely do it by itself yet, but it's not far away from being able to do that. But here's the question I want to pose to both of you and even myself. This is a purely theoretical, uh, psychological, what, what's the word? A purely theoretical question. We all know right now that we don't really like the idea of AI coming in and, and building games because there's no heart and soul in it and it's lacking something. But hypothetically, if we get to a point where there is literally no difference, an AI can do it exactly as well as a human can do it. Don't just give me the answer you, you think we all want to give. Give the real answer. Would it matter to you? Would you still say, I don't want to play that game because it was made by AI, even though it's indistinguishable? Or would you say, yeah, just as good? I mean, if it's indistinguishable, Brandon. I guess I wouldn't mind. I don't know. The I feel like people have, have more of a problem with the philosophical nature of all of this than the practical nature of it. Um, and yeah, I guess if it was no different, I mean hell what Dave said I mean if it can scrub code and make a game better that's a net positive as far as I'm concerned but yeah I don't know that's a that's a really interesting question Ben I don't think it would make a difference to almost anybody to be honest because we pay for games that are not made by AI like I said earlier and are bad so if there was a if there was a better version of a game that was made by AI and somehow had no distinguishable properties from something that was made by a human um, then I guess yeah people probably wouldn't care because they pay for dog shit that is made by humans so why would it make a difference to anyone including myself I suppose Dave, so would you play a game indistinguishable from a human-made game if it was AI? Uh, I'd play it. I think the question is, would I buy it or would I choose it over a game that I, I knew was was kind of made by a human being? And I, I would, I would say I would definitely lean to a game that is made by a human um, because, like, even when I'm playing something like an Assassin's Creed game, like. I'm thinking about all of the effort that went into, you know, researching what Baghdad looked like a thousand years ago. Um, and, and I'm, I'm appreciating that effort. And, you know, we have this argument of our game's art and we've had it for a long time. And I think it, in this context, it's important to look at a video game like art. I'm thinking about a game like Gris. And the reason why I'm so blown away by a game like Gris, Greece, whatever it's pronounced as is like, that game is so expressive and interesting and like, you know, thought evoking. And I, I think somebody dreamt this or somebody thought of this game when they were sitting by a pond one day or doing something, you know, and it just, this idea came yeah, probably, to them. Like crazy yeah, yeah. Or that. And <laughs> even, even that's something that's interesting to think about as you're experiencing it. And if you, if, if, if you don't have that sort of thought in the back of your mind that, you know, somebody like me put this effort into this, then I think it changes the experience. Um, so I know it's a hypothetical question, but generally speaking, I, I couldn't, I, I would, I would pick a game, even if, even if the AI game was 10 cents and the, the human made game was $90, I would, I would still err towards the one that, that felt like it was more of a creation from a human being rather than not. It's the same thing but for 10 cents. So wouldn't you try it out? <laughs> For ten cents, would I try it out? It yeah, I mean, come on. It's, um, it's 10 cents. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's we're going to talk about this more, and and um, when I think we're starting to see it now. But like when when an article says this was generated by an AI or in part, I don't want to read that article. And yeah. I and so we're we're already kind of seeing things like this. But yeah, trash says if it can make Angry Birds, it will be making Mario soon. <laughs> something to think about nintendo's lawyers are like qui quivering right now <laughs> nintendo's lawyers how are do like, we kill, how do we kill an AI? <laughs> sorry can we just can we just highlight ash's message there um yeah that, that was gonna be the next AI one i did not was not required to make hi-fi rush a 10 out of 10 hi-fi rush was, oh was born God. a 12 out of 10 Here's the thing. Hi-Fi Rush may very well be a 10 out of 10, but AI could actually play it and synthesize the reasons why it's a 10 out of 10 better than most <laughs> of the people claiming it should be game of the year because they didn't freaking play it. 
I love all That's this all discourse and because I didn't know about this before we, we started, uh, we came on today, but I, you guys gave yeah. me a little background. So this is fun. I love all the hi-fi rush talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love, I, I think hi-fi rush is great. I didn't finish it myself. It, it's fine. I just know that some of the people talking about it being goatee didn't play more than that. Didn't play it. They just didn't play it. Moving on. Another layoff conversation. Ubisoft has laid off 124 individuals, primarily from its Canadian studios, go figure, Canada, as part of a restructuring effort. The move affects approximately 2% of the Canadian workforce. Just to clarify, I didn't write this clearly. That's 2% of the Canadian Ubisoft (laughs) workforce, not the entire Canadian workforce. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) With those impacted working in business administrative services and IT teams across the hybrid VFX studio in Montreal, and the global IT team. Ubisoft mentioned that these are challenging decisions that they are providing support for those affected. Production teams are not impacted by this restructuring. Ubisoft has previously undergone multiple rounds of layoffs this year. I think they've laid off like a thousand people in the last 12 months, canceled projects and significantly delayed titles such as Skull and Bones. Before we move on, I want to say that my buddy Frankie uh, left a comment on the video last week and said the only game that, something like the only game that has saved let me start over the only reason sea of thieves is not the worst pirate game this year is because skull and bones is exists or something like that basically saying <laughs> sea of thieves is rough but skull and bones is still somehow worth even though it's <laughs> no, it not out yet um I don't know what there is more to say about layoffs guys yeah. but it's news like we're going to talk about it to some extent I guess Especially with it being Ubisoft, Dave, it not only affects Ubisoft, your favorite brand, but it affects Canada, your favorite cu- country. So what do we do with this information? Yeah, I know it's, it's <laughs> this is a crisis, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it. I think it's more of the same as what we talked about last week. Uh, the cost of doing business has gone up and, and layoffs are going to happen. I do think it's important to note that um, Montreal is Ubisoft's biggest studio. Um, and I think I, I can't, don't quote me here, but I, I, from what I've seen from Ubisoft, it appears that they've started to open smaller studios uh, across the world in Asia and Europe and kind of decentralized a little bit. Um, and, and we've also seen them, kind of spread their bigger projects across several studios rather than just remember when Assassin's Creed first started started coming out like one year it would be Montreal and next year it would be like one of their French studios and then another year it'd be one of the Asian studios I think what they're doing now is they're chopping the games up and spreading them across studios so they're made by multiple so I think this is just part of their overall decentralization strategy and um, yeah again the people that were were uh, laid off were mostly support people and not production people. That doesn't make it good, but I don't think it's it's necessarily a time to start raising bells, alarm bells about uh, Ubisoft. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've always had, you know, one one of the one of the the divisions would take the lead, and the other ones would be would offer support. But now it definitely seems to be more more evenly spread out amongst different studios. Brandon, yeah, I was going to say about layoffs. Layoffs kind of, you know, layoffs beat the horse into a pulp at this point, as far as the layoffs go this year. And I guess no, no company is safe. Not even, not even our beloved Ubisoft. Um, but yeah, sad to see, but you know, it kind of is what it is. This year is the year for layoffs. It seems. And, uh, the year's not even over yet, boys. So I would even expect more, to be honest with you. I hope, I hope, I know I there's going to be more. Dude, don't more. do it around the holidays. Please just get it done before. I know those fuckers. That's when they do it. That's when they do it. Yeah. It's already I what know. most people would consider around the holidays, even though you know, oh, I give it two weeks. Man. But yeah, I agree. Let's get off this subject and on to a. Uh, more inane one uh starting monday november 13th playstation integration with twitter or x will end for ps5 and ps4 this means users won't be able to directly upload screenshots and video clips from the console to twitter while this feature's removal may disappoint those who use it frequently and there are quite a few there are alternative methods ps5 users can utilize the playstation mobile app to upload gameplay captures while ps4 users can use share factory this move follows a similar decision made by microsoft in april 
which also disabled direct sharing to Twitter from Xbox consoles. This comes after a change to the API and all sorts of other technical jargon that I don't really understand and costs associated with um, Twitter trying to actually make some money uh, for once in their lives. And um, so, you know, Sony and Microsoft are just like, yeah, we're not going to pay that. We don't need to pay that. But uh, Brandon, Dave, have either of you really ever used this functionality to directly share social media? So neither have I. So none of the three of us have, but I know I just see on my feed all the time, like, you know, PlayStation share, whatever. Um, people are, are sharing stuff directly from it. Dave, is this an issue or are we just going to be resilient like gamers are, you know, how we fight the fight and find a way around it? See, I, I'm surprised to hear you say that, that you see it a lot. And I'm not really on Twitter anymore, but uh, this, fe- this felt like the sort of thing where... Um, it just didn't really need to be there. And I suspected Sony shut it down because it probably wasn't getting the use that it needed to. It reminded me of the launch of the Xbox one, where I think gamers kind of sent a message to uh, hardware makers that our gaming consoles just need to play games. They don't need to be hooked up to our satellite. They don't need to be internet browsers. They don't need to have Facebook and, and MySpace and all that stuff. <laughs> MySpace shut up. Um, but it's just never like, yeah, like, you know, you can put that stuff in and it's at the end of the day, trying to navigate that stuff with the controller is just not the best way to do it. So, um, yeah. Plus is this another case of, um, you know, a big company trying to distance themselves from, from Madman Musk cause he's, he's getting kind of weird, but yeah, I don't know. So neither of you guys uh, used it really. No. And I don't think it's companies trying to get a distance from them because they're clearly still, using and posting on their platform as companies. I think it's really just a matter of cost yeah. and yeah. what does it benefit? Just them, again, I don't think a lot of people are using it at the end of the day. So yeah. what's the yeah, point of maintaining right. it? You know what right. it was is, is Twitter changed its logo and they went to like upload the new X logo. And they're like, <laughs> why are we even doing this? <laughs> no, I think I, I don't remember how much it is, but I think I saw like Jesus. half a million yeah, dollars that's... a year or something like that. Just to have that integration. And I did see that somebody was reporting on it and Elon, who owns Twitter uh, or X, stepped in and was like, I'm going to take a look at this. Like he, he wasn't aware that that was going to be a big problem for giant holders like that. I, I, maybe he wasn't aware. Maybe he was and he was just trying to play the good guy. I'm not sure. But he seems to know about it now either way. Um, yeah, that's it, man. I guess that's all we got to say about that. Let's talk about Game Pass editions. And I, we don't always talk about these. And we definitely don't always talk about them for PlayStation. But I don't know. <laughs> we need something to fill out the show, I guess. Game Pass editions for this month. Available now. Thirsty Suitors. Football Manager 2024. Uh, and also for console. That's for console, PC, cloud, all that. On November 9th, Dungeons 4. On November 9th as well. Like a Dragon Gaiden. The man who erased his name. November 9th as well through the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate connection with EA Play, whatever it's called. Wild Hearts is coming to Game Pass. Uh, Spirit, Spirit T or Spiritia, however it's really pronounced. November 13th. November 14th is Coral Island. November 17th is Persona 5 Tactica. November 28th is Roller Drum. Boys, starting with Dave, is there uh, are any of these strike your fancy? Uh, the the Yakuza game. And can either of you explain to me, this is where we need Phil, because he's big into the series, rest <laughs> in peace. But um, so they've now like diverged the Yakuza series where there's like a dragon. And, and we had that, a game earlier this year that it was kind of a re-release of a game that came in a long time. Like a dragon Ishin, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Can either of you explain this this bridging? Because I don't fully understand it. One of them is going to be I'm like gonna, a, an action game, and the other is going to be more of a strategy kind of thing. Well, I'm going to explain this, and I'm going to do it wrong, okay. but I'm going to do my best work at it. You've got the Yakuza mainline games, right? And then within that, you've got like all the Yakuza games, and then some of them have been remade and brought forward. And those are they have a different name on them. Somebody in chat's going to tell us. I don't know. And then they kind of, they've not yet, not yet, not not the judgment yet. They've kind of split the next like evolution of the games with the Yakuza mainline games into the Like a Dragon games, which are now based around a different character and they're turn-based. And then you've also got the spinoff made by the same company in the same universe, basically the same game, but totally different. 
uh, of judgment. And now there's, I think, multiple. Of the, there are multiple of those as well. Uh, so there are no more Yakuza games. There's Like a Dragon, and those are so far at least turn based, more turn based uh, oriented. And then you've got the Judgment games, which I think are I don't even know. I haven't played them. I can't comment on them. Interesting. Yeah, that sounded correct to me. Good job, Ben. Yeah, I mean, sounds correct to me too, but. Oh, no, I know. No. Brandon, you've no, never been no, a Yakuza guy. Not. Are you going to start uh, now? There's too many of them. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. Um, but uh, I am potentially interested in trying out Wild Hearts. I did try the demo before it brutally kicked me mm, out yeah. uh, and kept running my game time for the demo until uh, I couldn't get back in and then the demo was over. Um, so I, I might actually get a chance <laughs> to try out Wild Hearts before they uh, you know, put a bullet in its head here in about, I don't know, eight months or something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I want to check that out as a Monster Hunter fan um, just because it seemed akin in many ways. Uh, that and Rollerdrome, I did try the demo for that as well. Uh, there was a time demo the day Rollerdrome mm, yeah. came out. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to like stop playing something else to play it, but because it's on Game Pass, I mean, it's one of those things where I might hop in, try a couple rounds. It was fun to, you know, fucking essentially be Tony Hawk doing tricks, but with guns and rollerblades. So, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Uh, I'm honestly yeah. not too familiar with a lot of these. Um, yeah, those those two definitely stood out, though. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very interested in Rollerdrome. I was not interested in buying it at whatever price, $40 or whatever price it was when it came out on PlayStation. There was just too much else around it. But you throw it on Game Pass... I can try it for 30 minutes. And if I hate it, I don't have to play it again. I didn't lose anything. If I love it, great. I get to keep playing it. So that's definitely a, that's definitely one I'll at least be downloading and checking out um, from the old game pass. So uh, the other one we didn't mention that I actually made that AI generated thumbnail uh, with in mind was um, the Spider-Man news. The only thing that there really was, I don't have this even uh, in the notes is that, um, uh, that Miles is going to be going forward as Insomniac's like main Spider-Man. Just want to get you guys' thoughts on that. I know Dave, you haven't played Spider-Man two yet. Um, Peter doesn't die. I'm sorry. I, I know that's shocking that they wouldn't kill off Spider-Man, but that's not the reason. But um, yeah, what, what do you guys think about you know Miles becoming the new face, the new Spider-Man? Really? Yeah, the, I mean, the main having played the game, it's kind of like. To me, it was apparent even before hearing this news, uh, having played the game, that there was kind of like nods to this happening multiple times, subtly and not so subtly in the game. Um, so, yeah, this is good. I love Miles, to be honest with you. I probably like Miles more than Peter Parker. Um, I would say Spider-Man 2 kind of turned me around a little bit to Peter, um, having not played the first game as much as Miles or 2. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, but this is good. Miles is a really good character, and I love what they've done with him in the past couple games. So, Yeah. Dave. Yeah, I agree. I uh, haven't played Spider-Man 2, but I played uh, Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales, and uh, I'm fine with either of them. The game's still going to be fantastic, and and you're, the good thing is, is with either one, you're going to get, from a gameplay perspective, pretty much the same experience. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I like this. I like Miles. So, yeah, keep going. Plus, we've seen like a thousand Spider-Man games over the years, so it's, it's nice that we'll get a slightly different approach to the stories and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I like that, too. Yeah. All right, boys, let's move into what we've been playing. Sure. Yeah, Brandon, so let's start off with I'll kind of hop week. off the back of that conversation. Um, I'm still playing Spider-Man. Um, I beat the game and I am, I think, two trophies away from the Platinum. Um, I didn't look at the trophy list. I probably should have. The The two trophies I have left are combat related. Somehow I somehow I managed to not get these in, in my yep. playthrough. Um, and I wish I had because they would have been exceptionally easier to complete after not having completed literally everything else. So my... Go ahead. Brendan, let me guess what they are. No. Stealth takedowns? No, I, I did that like the whole game. What? Really? Okay. Okay, um, and the other one is using a yes. specific power when that a specific one. Mode. And there's an, yeah, okay. there's another one that um, is goals. very similar to the to that one, Ben. Those those are yeah. the only two that I have I left. I, all three of those. I cleaned up everything else. Um, but gotta say, man, this game. Um, I talked a little bit last week about how I thought it was a little bit too squeaky, cl squeaky clean, uh, so to speak. And Ben said, "You just wait." Uh, and boy, was he right. So, um, yeah, just. 
a lot of surprises in this game, to be honest with you. A lot of the story, I kind of almost predicted line for line what was going to happen. But some of the stuff really did throw me for a bit of a loop. I wasn't expecting some of it. Um, and that was kind of cool to see. And uh, yeah, just can't talk highly enough about this game. Um, they really... There was a big iteration in gameplay. I never felt like any moment to moment I was getting any less of the great experience that it is. So um, top tier as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and we'll be getting the platinum by next week. I'm positive of it. So just just a little bit of cleanup, boys. Thanks. Uh, nice. well, while you're on that, Brandon, I just want to jump in and say, I think last week I said when we recorded last week, I said I was going to finish it that night. I did. And over the next night or two, um, I ended up going and getting the platinum. I think I had three or four, something like that, trophies left at the end. Uh, I also did not. I, all that's I did what was I did. to make sure there were no missable trophies. That's literally trophies. all I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And once I realized yeah. there's no missable trophies, yeah. I'm like, I'm not looking at any kind of guide, anything at all. And I never did even through the end there. So, um, yeah, that was yeah, um, for sure a great experience, I'll say. My, I got something. My, I'm like my chest is itchy right here, but I think it's internal. I think I'm dying, guys. <laughs> Something's venom. Like there's, um, I'm just like. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, right. that and lastly uh, we checked out the finals Ben and I uh, and, and our friend Justin we oh, had yes. played the closed yes, yes. beta and had a pretty good time uh, and I gotta say that the open beta was just as good they added some more things um, albeit cosmetics but also some other interesting um, a different map a uh, different mode um, some really cool things and we actually really enjoyed the other mode I think we almost exclusively played the mode that wasn't in the closed beta uh, and had a lot of fun. I know I did at least. Um, so really looking forward to this game. They don't have an official release window. Well, they have an official release window supposedly this year, but there's no official release date um, for this game. Um, and I said this whenever we were playing the closed beta and I'll say it for the open beta. It feels pretty done. Um, so I'm pretty confident that this is going to come out and do pretty well. It was getting absolutely insane numbers on Steam, like a 131,000 concurrent players for the open beta and that's just on Steam. That's not PlayStation, that's not Xbox. So for a beta for a game that's not out, I feel like that is pretty good, especially from a dude, new IP. A new IP. Um, yeah, so really, really good. The gunplay feels amazing. Obviously, that's like the core of the entire experience. Um, I don't know what engine they're using or what the experience uh level is of the studio that's making it but it feels really good and i feel like that's super important for a competitive shooter um and out the box it's feeling real good so really looking forward to this it's going to be free um obviously there's going to be monetization there's going to be a battle pass i know that factually because there's already a battle pass battle pass in quotes in the betas um so yeah I'm looking forward to it and there's no barrier to entry. Um, so I was having fun just checking it out and I'm, and I'm definitely interested in, you know, the full release. I'll be interested to see if what kind of devices computer specifically it can run on. I know it'll run well, it's fine, small, obviously on remember? at least current gen hardware. I was going to say, because granted we only had right. like, I don't know, three or four maps and two game modes, but I think the download was six gig. And it Which is crazy because it looks good. Or 12 somewhere in there. And it looks really good. And I had all the settings on max and I was never not like that. And I, my, my computer is decent, but it's definitely not like I never have a frame drop. I never have to turn down a setting. Like I always have to turn that stuff down at least a notch uh, on my current build. So Dave, you might be able to check it out with us on your PC or, you know, maybe you can go to Xbox and play with us. <laughs> Fulfill your abandoned um, New Year's resolution. But that's it uh, when that's that comes it. out. Dave, what have you been playing? Yeah. A um, few things. Uh, I, I said I wouldn't talk about this anymore, but just quickly. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage. I got the Platinum uh, earlier this week. Nice. So that was cool. Um, an Assassin's Creed Platinum in 26 hours. I like that. I think there should be more of that. Um, oh, real quick. Sorry. You said 26 hours. My Spider-Man 2, Brandon, to, to go back to your conversation last week. My Spider-Man 2 Platinum, the yeah, final amount probably of hours be 30. was 26. I was fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sorry, Dave. Um, it also feels weird to have, like, own an Assassin's Creed game for me and literally have nothing more to do in it. Uh, I could start a new game, but I don't want to. But, like, there's nothing, no more missions, no, no more collectibles. It's, it's interesting. It's a weird feeling for me because I've never, yeah. I've never 
played the shit out of an Assassin's Creed game before. So it's pretty cool. Um, it's October, sorry, it's November, but it's that time of year when, um, you know, the, the cod fever starts. I, I get this thing where I crave, uh, a competitive first person shooter. Um, but I don't want to play call of duty. Uh, so I jump back into halo infinite multiplayer a little bit. And obviously a lot of people have been talking about it lately because season five reckoning has been, um, fairly well received, um so yeah i felt like a good time to jump in and and check it out and um i have not played a lot of infinite since it launched i have kind of been like the halo infinite apologist um it's good i i don't know what the big deal with reckoning is but that's not to say it's bad i'm just like again i haven't been keeping up with it so all of the quality of life changes since i last play it i probably don't notice as much um but it still feels great i mean halo infinite is classic halo long time to kill a lot of jumping a lot of lobbing a lot of grenades at people and that's what you get with halo infinite uh there are new maps and all the maps feel great they look great uh they all are conducive to you know that style of of multiplayer that you and gunplay that you get with halo um so yeah, and it's free to play. You don't even need Xbox Live or or Game Pass oh, really? or anything. You can just yeah. jump in and start playing Halo. So um, yeah, it's been fun. I want to keep playing it. Um, I'm not really grinding out the Battle Pass or anything. Uh, it's there, and I get rewards. The one thing that is bothering me about the the Battle Pass is 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 this season's rewards like go for a little while, and a lot of them are Halloween themed, which is weird because mm. Halloween's over and. I don't really need pumpkins and stuff like that anymore. So give a little about next year. Exactly. Uh, when you're still playing, I it. should be thinking longer term. You're right, Ben. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, if, if you're thinking about jumping into halo, it, it still feels great in my opinion. And uh, you know, it's not taking long to find servers or anything like that. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good time. Dave, Dave, I agree. I don't think I mentioned it on the show, but the day that season five dropped, I think that night and two nights after it, I jumped in and played um, some more Halo Infinite. And it was really just like a 2 a.m. I'm still awake kind of thing. And I played for, you know, probably five or six hours total across those three nights. But I had a great time. I never um, none of us ever said Halo was a bad game. It just has had some rough spots. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully it can do some good numbers and and keep it up. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be a lo- around for a long time, and it's it's since it's come out, it's a game that I enjoy popping into for a few days here and there, and and uh, I feel instantly pretty good at it. I think that just means there's good matchmaking because I know I'm not that good, but um, yeah, it's fun and it is nostalgic, so that that feels yeah. nice. Um, I'll just talk about this briefly because I literally played one match before we started recording today, but uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite is one of the um, PlayStation Plus games of the month. Uh, I saw this and I was instantly excited to check it out, so I downloaded it and played, again, one match. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to playing a little bit more, but I, I from that one match, it did feel a little cheap for a licensed Aliens game, but as we know... Aliens hasn't had the best luck when it comes to video games. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just three player co-op. It's largely horde based. You're working through, you know, small derelict ships and stuff like that. And, and there's aliens coming out everywhere. Uh, I think the tone feels pretty good. And, and there's, there is some cool stuff, uh, you know, different loadouts and there's a lot of different character classes that you can choose from with different abilities. Um, so yeah, I played with two random guys and, and we had a good time. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that a little bit more. If you guys are interested in picking in, in checking it out, I would love to jump in with you guys. Yeah, I'll um, check yeah, it. I have access to it, so we might as well. Because I suspect that's the kind of game where playing with actual friends really enhances the the experience. So, so yeah. But <laughs> yeah, do you have Damn, any, dude? Real, real friend? No, just just you. Yeah, I, let me know if you haven't if you find any because I don't have any either. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's it for me. I will say uh, I did. Uh, I still don't have Mario Wonder, and I've been so looking forward to playing my Switch that uh, I I bought Metroid Dread um, oh, this okay. week, and it's coming in the mail. I bought it off eBay to save a couple bucks. So really looking forward to playing Metroid Dread, uh, and hopefully I can talk about that next week. So yeah. What if the It and Mario Wonder come on the same oh, day? We should Metroid Dread first. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I've had my eye on that game for a long time. Yeah. 
For me, uh, I mentioned I finished up Spider-Man 2, got the platinum on that. Great experience. Had a great time. I don't think I need to talk anymore about it. Mario Wonder, same as it was before and still having a great time, still progressing through, picking it up, you know, pretty much every night for at least a, a level or, or three and um, enjoying it. Having a great time playing Mario 2D in 2023. It never gets old and hopefully AI never makes it. And then the other thing that I'm playing, I've probably got six-ish hours into it at this point, is Alan Wake 2. And you guys will remember when they announced they were going to do, I was calling for like a remake of Alan Wake for forever. A Another remake. A, um, no, I was calling for a remaster. Then they did a remake. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I didn't play it. I played like a couple hours of it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, I remember. Because I played the heck out of it as a, uh, you know, not as a kid, but in 2010. And then I was like, they need to just do Alan Wake 2. This one seems dated to me. And they announced it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it got closer and closer, and I was just like uninterested. And then I knew I was going to play it eventually. I was like, you know what? There's no time like the present. I'm just going to play it now, or else it's going to get lost and everything else. So I've been playing Alan Wake 2, and um, I'm not quite ready to say that it's blowing my mind, but I will tell you that in my first five or six hours, it is very, very good. I am enjoying it a lot. A lot of the mechanics are really cool. The atmosphere is like the perfect amount of terrifying and humor at the same time that it's really like hitting a, a, a nice spot. And it's cool to see like what's happening in Alan, Alan Wake's head. If you even really know what's happening in his head. And uh, there are two playable characters in this. You play also as Saga, uh, who is an FBI agent and she is um, investigating a case and somehow Alan's involved and they're trying to figure it out at this point in the story. And uh, they end up meeting and, you know, things go crazy from there. So I'm having a great time with it. Definitely going to gonna pound it out um, probably over the next week or two. I think it's probably only 15 or 20 hours long if I had to guess. But I, I have to say, like, there have been a couple things where I'm like, oh, like, that's cool. Or that mechanic. Like, like I'm, I'm I very rarely audibly do anything <laughs> laugh smile or i guess i you know really audibly smile but i very rarely like do anything expressive and i've caught myself a few times while playing it being like oh like like exasperated kind of sound so i'm having a good time with it again i'm not ready to say like oh this is you know this is the best game ever this is blowing me away but i think it's probably going to end up in that you know top dozen or so games for me for the year uh and probably towards the top of that so it's it's been really good so far, and I'm glad I jumped into it when I did. And uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but that's what I'm doing right now. And that's it. That's all we got for the show. Uh, normally, we like to stick around and talk about whatever with chat for a little while. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to do that tonight. Some of us have to get going and do a few other things. But we appreciate you being here if you're here live in chat uh, while we're recording uh, remember, you can catch us at Ben is Handsome YT on YouTube Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern. And the show goes live for patrons, $1 and up, uh, on Wednesdays. And then Thursdays, it comes out on free feeds for audio listeners if you did not catch the video. Appreciate everybody being here. Dave, Brandon, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for talking about video games. Make sure you don't leave before we get your files uploaded. And, uh, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Take care and good night. The HP podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The following patrons are at the $5 level or above. Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Rainick, Christian Snow, Grabalicious, Benji Bop, and Johnny Waffles.